Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Film Haven Reviews. I'm your host Sawyer as always, and today we have our very special co-host back on the air. Allie. It's Allie. Yes, that's right. So uh, this theme, we're going to be doing a uh, kind of a home invasion thrillers theme, which is totally up Allie's. Allie. Oh my gosh. Yep. I know. You see what I did there. Um, So I figured I'd bring her on because we watched all these together anyway, and it's just like like the kind of movies that when we're scrolling through streaming services that we're kind of looking at, at watching home invasion thrillers are like perfect thrillers are just fun in general but anyway so i decided to kind of do a whole theme around home invasion thrillers and pick kind of i think we've watched all three of them now they're all pretty different so but the first one today is going to be uh, i would say you know somewhat famous movie panic room uh david fincher certainly a famous director you know seven uh social network fight club all the movies you know recently he did the killer um and so it was kind of fun to see say like a like a home invasion thriller which is usually kind of a more low budget affair to be being done by david fincher who is like notoriously very detail oriented and you know kind of puts like a certain professional sheen you know high level director veneer on everything um but yeah it's been a while since we watched the movie so let me maybe give a synopsis to remind you and me about what we watched because it was like a couple weeks ago um basically uh we have jodie foster's character uh meg altman who is uh divorcing from a very famous um kind of high profile pharmacist guy and in the divorce she's basically buying the most expensive house she can um right off you know kind of park avenue kind of stuff and uh, her daughter, Kristen Stewart, very early role for her. Um, I don't know if it's her first one, but it's definitely early. Um, her and her daughter are living there. And just like the first night that they move in, basically, there are these three criminals that are coming in. And they are uh, intent upon getting into the safe room that's in the house, the panic room, or you should say, which is like what rich people pay these security firms to basically create these like rooms and like hit behind hidden walls that are like impossible to get into so that you can sit in there and call the cops and just wait until the cops come in. It's kind of like a rich person shelter kind of thing. Um, but the problem is, is that once they run into the panic room, that's exactly where the um, thieves are trying to get into because that's where this like apparently the guy that lived there before had all this money and he stashed it in there millions of dollars and they're trying to get into the panic room so you see the dilemma the hook is that that they're trying to get into the panic room but the panic room can't be getting gotten into because Jodie Foster and her daughter are stuck in there and they're obviously not trying to get out the twist too is that the thieves are uh, not expecting people to be there. So they thought they were just going to walk in, get the money, and come out. But, you know, there's some characters, like Forrest Whitaker's character, who uh, kind of has a bit of a conscience and doesn't want to, you know, kill anyone. And there's other characters that do not have that problem. So that's pretty much the setup of the movie. Do you remember the movie now? Yes. Good. Okay, so uh, now that, you know, I think we're going to do this in a typical fashion like we did last time with the modern murder mystery weird thing that we did there. That, um, I mean, there's not really much to spoil necessarily, but we are going to kind of talk freely about the film. So if that sounded good, um, go rent it. I think it, you can rent it on Prime pretty cheaply um, and go watch it because it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, but we're going to actually talk about it, you know, start to finish kind of stuff. So if you're afraid of spoilers, just pause and then come back. Um, all right. So what did you think about it? 
Um, from my memory, I thought that it was pretty good. Like I definitely, yeah. I watched it. I didn't fall asleep or anything. You were into it. It's a long movie too, which yeah. says a lot. Cause it's like, how long is it? Like two hours? Yeah. It's like two hours long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Well, there was a lot of setup and everything before everything kind of went down. Yeah, I guess. But just like any other thriller, there's definitely moments of frustration, like the mm-hmm. dad um, or the ex-husband. Oh, my God, the dad, yes. Slash dad. Oh, oh gosh. The like, ex-husband comes over because she finally gets to call him. And instead of, like, you know, calling the cops or doing anything, he just comes over, like, in his pajamas and is basically useless. Just gets mm-hmm. beat up. He just gets immediately beat up. <laughs> <laughs> like, And the, the, did he even did he shoot somebody? She put the gun yeah. in his hand after he had gotten he beat up to kind of get ready. Him. Oh, yeah. And then when he does try to shoot, he misses. Yeah, so. so he's worthless. Pretty useless character for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I definitely felt like it was like, in some ways, a run-of-the-mill thriller. Like mm-hmm. it's, a ho- it's definitely a home invasion thriller because they're in a home and there's invaders coming. And it's almost a classic home invasion thriller setup because it's very closely based on the audrey hepburn movie wait until dark which i think did you have you said you've seen that yes i have yeah so you've actually seen that i haven't seen that movie we're gonna wait no i don't i don't think i have seen that but i saw i've seen the other movie that was on netflix that was kind of similar to that vibe too where um she was deaf oh it's hush yeah Yeah, which actually hush was going to be on this theme but uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, Mike Flanagan's movies are starting to get pulled from Netflix because he's now moving over to Amazon. It's a whole vibe. Um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah, gotcha. But yes, so the movie, just like in Hush and just like in this, there's a similar, uh, it's kind of like a trope at this point or maybe just like an archetype of these types of movies where you have uh, like a group of criminals that are coming in for one item inside the home and there's kind of a bit of a uh, moral dilemma too because like i was talking about before forrest whitaker's character doesn't want to kill anyone there's like a good guy uh and so i think i don't know if the wait until dark has that too but it's definitely more because of that it's more of a thriller and less of a horror movie yeah because there's a character that's trying to stop people from dying there's not a lot of horror. There's not a lot of murder in the movie. It's mostly just like, which is kind of good, for, I think, for a lot of people that aren't into like those super strict horror movies. You can still get a thrilling movie, but it has, um, it's not as gruesome. And everything, I mean, I thought it was pretty clever in a lot of parts. Like uh, the part where Jodie Foster like takes, they're trying to gas her out of the panic room and she takes... Uh, a lighter. Yeah, she takes a lighter and, and a fire blanket and like yeah. backs it up basically. She sends it back their way. That was good. Jared Leto, which I hate Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Jared. I mean, he's good in like the, the, those like few movies like Wrecking Room for a Dream and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Like, sure, I'll, I get it. He's good. But God, I normally do not like watching him in movies. And I actually liked him in this because he was such an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of fun to see him maybe playing a character that I feel like I think it works really well with his kind of vibe. Yeah, his character was like the entitled um, grandchild or son or something to the guy that owned the place previous to the moving in so he knew where the money was that's why like he kind of got everybody on board so and then Forrest is that his name Forrest Whitaker yeah yeah. his character was important to um Jared Leto's character because he actually 
works oh, for the the security company that right. makes these rooms. So he was kind of recruited in, and then of course he has a backstory where he needs that money for his kids. Or yeah, right. but then Jared Leto, he's definitely just in it just because he wants the money, and I, it, that shows at the end because he's just like whatever, like I'm leaving. And then um, who's the other character? Raul. Yeah, Raul. Who is who is I guess like the horror aspect of it. Yeah, where he's, he's the like, guy who's bad news. Like he will kill. He will kill whoever, whatever, to get this money, and so he just immediately <laughs> shoots Jared Leto on his way out the door. Um, so, and that's kind of like the point of turn two because Kristen Stewart's character, she's a young girl and she has diabetes. Oh, I forgot about that. And yeah. she starts to go into, I guess, like a diabetic um, yeah, coma. Yeah, she goes into the the low blood sugar phase where she mm-hmm. needs that insulin asap, or she's going to literally die. And she's like on the verge of dying, but at this point. The mom, who is Joe, what's her Jody name? Jodie Foster, yeah. She has um, gotten herself locked out right. of the safe room. The and, criminals are yeah, locked in the safe room with, with the daughter, with Kristen Stewart, as she's basically dying. Raul is horrible, and he he wants every he doesn't care about living or dying anyone living or yeah. dying. And Forrest Whitaker does care, and so there's this like moral dilemma there of like, do I save this girl's life? And yeah. uh, that's a really, I, I really like that dynamic. I think that created a very intense scene. And I think like, kind of like what you're talking about with all these different characters, especially the, the three thieves, they were like very different personalities. Very much so. And so seeing how they interacted, I think was one of the ways that the movie kind of kept a compelling narrative because uh, I mean, really it's five people, mostly five people plus the dad coming in later. And that's pretty much everybody in the whole movie. And so you really got to have deeper characters to make a movie like that be two hours long and be something that you want to watch the whole time. Uh, so I did I did like that because Forrest Whitaker is kind of like I like that he was the one who built it. So you have like his expertise. So he's the one that's keeping a cool head, trying to outsmart Jodie Foster. But Jodie Foster is super smart, too. So she's outsmarting them. Jared Leto's an idiot. And he, so he's kind of playing the like chaotic neutral where he's mm-hmm. just like i don't really care that much but i like i want to i want my money but like i if we kill someone i don't care i'm not trying to kill anyone and then you got raul who's like I'll, I'll kill anyone yeah and ends up killing jared leto anyway so yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's not too like crazy like it's nothing like i, I think we'll do this now I, I think i'm gonna give it like a 7.5 out of 10 the ending also oh, was yeah. kind of not very because like so in the ending uh forest gets his mo- he gets the money or it's not like actual money it's, it's like, like documents yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like bonds. bonds and he's like running out he's in the backyard about to jump the fence but the police are there and they're like telling him to stop hold his hands up like he's under arrest at this point and he just lets go of everything and it just flies away so it's like maybe there's meaning to that maybe there's not i don't know i like to think that there's meaning to it so i don't know what sawyer what you were like like just before that he could have gotten away earlier yeah but he decided to come back because raul was about to kill yeah jody foster or christian stewart one of the characters and so forrest whitaker kind of shows that he has like you know, a heart. And I mean, in a way, I think that was kind of what the end was about too. When he finally like lets go of the money, I think he let go of it maybe a little bit earlier when he came back, back and, and shot Raul and saved their life because Mm -hmm. he knew he could have gotten out, Yeah, but he decided to come back because I think 
there's a lot of play into him and, and his love for his kids. And I feel like at some point he's thinking like, what kind of example am I setting for my yeah. kid? Yeah. And I think it too has like a, like a, a deeper meaning to me of like, you can, no matter what path you're going down, there is a way to make it right in some way, somehow. That's true. And so, and he was making it right in that moment. He knew he did something wrong. People are dead. Like, right. Literally. So. That's true. You yeah. know, the whole movie, he was kind of on the line. He kept oscillating back and forth between doing the criminal thing and trying to do something kind of nice. Like he didn't like to begin with as soon as there was people he wanted to pull out. Um, but Jared Leto was like, no, man, we got to do this. And so he kept going and like his desire to, for his kids to have money so that he can, you know, you know, cause he has money troubles apparently. Uh, and then for, but also his desire to not murder anyone and to also like the same situation happens when he's in the panic room with uh, Kristen Stewart. He has to decide whether he wants to go all in on this criminal, do whatever I can to make my money like lifestyle, or is he going, is he going to be the criminal or is he going to be a hero? Because he has the ability to do both. And I, I mean, if he would have done it earlier to be a hero, that probably would have been better, but it was nice to see, like you're saying, like by the end of the movie, he finally makes his decision really. And it's like, I, I think I'd rather be someone who saved someone else's life than to be someone who ran away, got his money at the expense of someone else's life. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, there's a, there, I think it's a complicated plot, but like, and there was some meaning like we're talking about. You can derive some of the moral stuff that's going on behind. But at its base nature, I mean, it's it's like a similar home invasion thriller that what you would see if you were scrolling through Tubi. Mm -hmm. But it has like this extra layer of professionalism because you have David Fincher doing it. And like so for like the cinematography, I loved he kind of took the um, Fight Club because this is the movie he made after Fight Club, I think so. He kind of took some of the cinematography that they used in Fight Club, which is like using like early forms of really good CGI and like shoot like in Fight Club. There was like going through. Uh, I remember they go through uh, Edward Norton's apartment and the way they do that, they, they go in and out from outside the building to inside the building. And they're using CGI to kind of seamlessly transition these two scenes. And they kind of do that in this movie, too, because one of my favorite parts about the movie was the the setting. The actual house yeah, I was, was just about to say beautiful. Yeah. And but the way that the cinematographer used the house for really cool shots, like especially in the beginning and when the when the, the guys were first coming into the house, you're basically like as the as the thieves are kind of casing the place and and finding ways in you kind of the, the the camera is floating through the whole house and it's a huge like three story four story house and it's like one seamless shot it even just to like kind of almost brag it even goes through the handle of a coffee oh, yeah. coffee pot at one point all in one shot and then goes up in through the banister and like like it really is like kind of showing off a little bit but it's really cool i mean it's one of those things that you don't see on your normal tubi kind of movie that it's just some of those extra layers of cinematography and it's got that that dark like blue green tint that early david fincher has like those late 90s early 2000s movies that i think is just really pleasing kind of gives the whole movie a little bit of a uh, I don't know, like a gloomy vibe, but in a way that's kind of um, comforting and nostalgic and stuff like that. So I, I think having David Fincher do this movie is nice. And oh, I read a couple of the trivia notes like they built that entire house from scratch, which is wild. Classic David Fincher. He just wanted 
to build it all from scratch so he could tear it down in any way that he wanted to. I'm not sure what the deal was with that, but you know, he's, he's famous for doing crazy stuff like that. Um, but yeah, what was, what's your rating out of 10? I'd give it a six out of 10 as a, well. A six. Wait, I gave it a 7.5. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it's not like the craziest movie. Uh, okay. Maybe six is a little low. Uh, yeah. Like a 7.5, seven. Yeah. I was going to say like, I think it's normal. Like if this wasn't David Fincher directing this movie, if it didn't have that kind of professional sheen to it, then it would be a seven out of 10. But the, he kind of just lifts it a little bit. So 7.5 seems fair to me. I mean, I couldn't imagine giving this movie an eight because it's not really super substan- substantive. It's like not like super deep or anything like that. But it, give, it gives you exactly what you're looking for. If you're looking for a home invasion thriller, you're not really... I mean, this is exactly what you're looking for. So, Well, yeah, I mean, there's no like torture or anything. Right. Which... We kind of we kind of want that kind of movie sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, not. It's definitely like it's definitely PG thirteen. I think maybe that's why I wasn't. I like I like I said like I enjoyed it. Like I watched it, and it's a two hour long movie. And I'm usually really picky with long movies because I don't really like sitting for that long. Yeah. But um, yeah. There were some intense scenes too, like the the one where the cell phone's under the bed, and she tries to go out there to grab yeah. it before she comes back, like. That was really cool. Like, there's definitely some memorable scenes, but I think in general, especially even just looking at David Fincher's like, like, entire filmography, it's probably one of the more forgettable ones in some ways. Even though it does have memorable scenes, I think within the realm of home invasion thrillers, I think it's up there from what I've seen. But those movies are never really gonna reach like an eight out of ten anyway, just in the way that they are, I guess. So, like, yeah. I think 7.5 is fair. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I think there's not really too much to talk about with this one. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a movie called Silent House. You remember that one? I'm definitely going to need a refresh on that <laughs> Yeah, it's, I know. It's been a while. Yeah. That one's kind of fun because it was all done, at least tried to be done in like a, in one shot. Uh, so, and it's a little bit more of a psychological where you had to oh, maybe ask, I the, remember. yeah, you had to yeah. maybe ask the question, is it a home invasion thriller or is it not? Yeah. And we'll get into that debate next week. So I uh, hope you guys have a great week this week and I will see you next Friday. Well, we will see you next Friday. Oh, uh, bye.